Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. For those of you that are in the room, those of you that are joining us online, and those of you that will be listening on the radio this week, we're blessed to be able to walk through God's Word with you today. If you have a neighbor, go ahead and turn to them and tell them it's good to see them in church this morning. Now turn to your second choice and tell them God loves them first. Before we jump into the message, we've already said this, but I wanna say it as well. Happy Mother's Day. We all have had mothers and some of you are mothers. Yeah, go ahead. And moms are worth celebrating, but we should honor you and celebrate you every day. We thank you so much for who you are and what you do. That being said, for some, today's difficult, whether it be because of loss or painful or strained relationships or other circumstances or infertility, today can be tough. And I want you to know that regardless of whether or not today is significant to you, you mean everything to Jesus and you're loved today. We've been in this lemonade series talking about the sour seasons and how God can help us to sweeten some of those things. We've been talking through the life of Elijah, and we'll pick back up on his story in a couple weeks, but today we're going to talk about your story. We're going to talk about where God is in the middle of that, and just as Mother's Day in itself can be sweet for some and sour for others, life can be as well. Because of things like social media, we get the opportunity, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, we get the opportunity to see the highlight reel of a lot of people's lives. And the truth is, is we don't know how long that mom or dad had to stand there and um, try to encourage or bribe or threaten their children to get that per- picture-perfect moment. You know what I'm talking about? If you have kids, you know it's nearly impossible to get that to happen. Or maybe that picture of the couple that seemed like everything is perfect and They take a picture at an expensive restaurant in nice clothes with playful smiles. But what you don't know, looking at that picture, is that one of them is in intentional denial of how bad their relationship is, and the other one is lonely and hurting. And like a lot of people do these days, they're probably gonna spend their entire dinner on their phones instead of enjoying each other's company. We don't always get the full picture, but God is working regardless of what we see. God, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear, and eyes to see what you want to speak to us this morning. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The last couple of weeks in this series, we've been talking about how to sweeten the sour seasons. And as I was preparing for today, I felt strongly that one thing that we need to consider as we go throughout this, and this is actually our big idea for today, that things in our life don't have to be perfect for us to be able to experience the goodness of God. In fact, many times the goodness of God is present whether we notice it or not. The truth is though, many times we can't control our circumstances. Life is full of all kinds of seasons. God is faithful in every season. We see that all throughout his word, but the question is, how can we notice it? 
How do we grab a hold of God's goodness in our life, especially when we're struggling to believe it? How do we believe it? How do we live as if the goodness of God is real, tangible, and true, even if we're dealing with the sour season of our life and struggling to hold on to that? The thing is, is that God's word speaks to this in so many ways, and we're gonna walk through a few of those this morning. God's words reminds us of this. Number one, that God is good even when things are not. God is good even when things are not. David reminds us of this in Psalm 34, eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, but blessed are those who trust in him. And here he directly correlates the goodness of God with us trusting him. And if you've been here for the series, week one, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this in Elijah's life, that when life is sour, we can choose, like Elijah did, to trust God. And we see God's goodness on display throughout Elijah's life. We have in the last couple of weeks, even in not so ideal situations. But the thing is, is that this is true in all of our lives. It's even true in the life of Jesus, even when circumstances were not good during his time physically on earth in his natural body. We see this in Matthew 2.16. Jesus' life began in controversy. He was born to a young pregnant Mary, and Joseph was not his biological father. This was like Jerry Springer and Maury before those shows were on TV. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. Your life is probably better for it. And while he's born, and we celebrate this during Christmas, the birth of Jesus, we celebrate it like it's a beautiful thing, and it is a beautiful thing, but the truth is, is that Herod had issued a decree for all the male babies to be killed in hopes to kill the Messiah. There was a threat on Jesus' life, even in the moment of him being born. Matthew 4 talks about this. His ministry began being in the desert for 40 days and being tempted and tried by Satan himself. We see this in Mark 3. He's constantly being bombarded. The religious leaders of the day are following him around, and they're not there to rah-rah him. They're not there to get on his team. They're not there to try to get him to acknowledge them. They are there specifically to try to see if he will say something wrong that they can use to disqualify him. He was not accepted in his own town. He grew up, and because of lack of faith, people struggled with who he was or who people said he was or who he said he was. We see that in Matthew chapter 13. He was praised and exalted by the same people that just a little bit down the road would yell, crucify him. He was betrayed by one of the friends that was in his close circle for three years. He was denied by one of his best friends. We see that in John 18. He was crucified for crimes that he never committed. He died a death he didn't deserve for the world to be reconciled unto him. And here's the incredible thing about the Jesus that we talk about here every single week and that we worship and we sing about and we preach about is he didn't just die for those that would come to know him. He died for even those that wouldn't, that would come to understand who he was and would choose not to follow him. Jesus' earthly life was more like ours than we sometimes think because he had some uh, pretty bad days. We've experienced some of that. He had friends who left him and betrayed him. He had temptations to face. He was tempted in every way, in fact, but still chose not to sin. He had people who constantly spoke against him. He had a future waiting for him in the cross that even though it was an incredible intersection for the world to come to know him, it was where his blood was shed. 
Yet in all of that and through it all, Jesus trusted and he saw the goodness of God. And because of his obedience to his heavenly father and willingness to trust God, even when it was tough, you remember even in the garden right before he went to the cross, he said, God, if there's any way we can do this another way, but yet not my will, but your will be done. Because of his obedience, it made a way for our forgiveness, our reconciliation, our redemption. Because when we choose this, it impacts other people too. We see it so much in Jesus' life. And sometimes we don't see the goodness of God because we're not looking for it. We're looking for everything else but that. Philippians 4, Paul writes this. And ironically enough, we're reading this text talking about being in the sour seasons. He is writing this letter from prison, not an ideal place to write. He's, you know, Starbucks would have been much better. He writes this letter from prison. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is Noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned and received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. In the sour and in the sweet or sometime in between seasons, God is good even when things are not. Number two, gratitude changes everything. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Gratitude doesn't always change our circumstances, but it changes our perspective what changes everything. When we move from doing things or responding from a place of obligation to choosing gratitude, we give God a brand new canvas to paint on. So seeing things differently helps us live differently, helps us talk differently, helps us respond differently. God is good when things are not. Gratitude changes everything. And last but certainly not least, the goodness of God follows those that let God lead. The goodness of God follows those that let God lead. Some of you may be familiar with this psalm, Psalm 23. This entire six verses just reminds us of the benefit that we get in choosing to follow him. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. Why? Because the shepherd takes care of the sheep. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. So many times we need that. We're not willing to let God do that in our lives. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy 
shall follow me. There's a lot of things that follow us, but I want God's goodness and his mercy to follow me. That comes because we make a decision to follow him. We let him take the lead. I was having a conversation recently with a friend and we got to talking about prayer and trusting God and one of the, the conversation kind of turned to stuff. We talked about things that have gone on in his life and things that have gone on in my life. And I'm a pretty good uh, talker. <laughs> I can talk pretty well. Some of you are more introverted and you'd rather just chill and not have a conversation. You're totally good. You like Some of you really miss the masks and you, you, you were cool with people not talking to you and the social distancing. You're like, bring it back. I'm not wired like that. Uh, I can have a conversation with a light pole. You can ask my wife. It's happened a couple times. But it's rare that somebody will say something to me that will get me to stop. And he did. He asked me a question. And nobody's ever asked me this question like this in particular. We got to talking about stuff like Mother's Day and Father's Day and things that can be hard and about my infertility and my story. And he said, how does it feel for you to pray and trust God for other people, for things and prayers that God has not answered for you in your own life? And it took me a minute to think through that. And, and the thing is, is that I explained to him, you know, I still struggle with that sometimes. You know, God has blessed me so much in so many ways. But I still struggle with some of those unanswered prayers and understanding that on this side of heaven. But the thing is, and this is true, God never promised me a biological child. But he did promise to always be my father. And I get to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice because he is their heavenly father. And I can love the boy in my house and serve him like he is my own. And the kids in our church and the kids in our preschool and in our community and the kids that I advocate for in Kenya, regardless of our DNA, because Jesus also had a stepfather, that doesn't matter as much as the fact that we share the same heavenly father. And he loves us, and he loves me, and he loves you. Sometimes we don't notice God's goodness following us because we don't think that we deserve it, but God settled that debate on the cross. Sometimes we don't notice God's goodness because we live in regret because our life did not go in the direction that we hoped for. Sometimes we don't notice the goodness of God because we question our purpose when our lives up until this point doesn't include a particular thing or person or situation that we hoped it would. But the thing is, our value is not found in the things that we produce. It's found in the fact that we are a child of God. And you're not second rate because your path up until this point doesn't include a perfect marriage and a perfect home with a perfect white picket fence that wraps around the perimeter of a perfect life that includes 2.35 perfect kids and a perfect dog named Fluffy that doesn't take a dump on the floor. We have two new puppies now and the only dog I know that doesn't take a dump on the floor sometimes is a fake one. Nobody lives a perfect life, but God offers us a pretty amazing one once we realize that his opinion of us does not change based off of the list of our so-called accomplishments. And he is trying to love you well. It's hard for us to fully embrace all that God has for us 
because we need to stop trying to live up to this fictitious standard of a successful life and choose to trust him because God is good even when things are not. Gratitude changes everything and goodness follows those that let God lead. And when we feel like we've checked off all the boxes, but we are still struggling to see the goodness of God in our life, we can be like King David in 1 Samuel 30 and 6. He found himself in a mess. To some degree, he actually put himself there. But it says in that text that David encouraged or strengthened himself in the Lord as God because God's word speaks truth over our life when our circumstances speak despair. And I just wanna tell all of you this morning, regardless of the role that you find yourself in, our roles or hats that you wear, you are God's daughter, you are God's son first, and it's time to start living like that's true because it is true. And your value's not found in what you produce, you've been called to do great things, but don't limit the possibilities of what your life could be by what you see right now. You were made for more than checking off of a list, you are more than a moment to be checked off of someone else's list. So this morning, I want to speak God's word over you as we close out. And the first time that I experienced this, the person that shared God's word in this manner encouraged us that we're in the room to try to imagine God speaking these words. You don't have to if you're uncomfortable, but I would encourage you, you can close your eyes for just a minute but try to put yourself in a position to where you see God acknowledging you in a specific way. And he is, by the way, whether you see that or feel that or believe that, he is. He loves you. He sees you for who you are. And his word speaks to that. When you feel like you have no value, remember the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. That's Luke 12, 7. For some of you, he knows the hairs that are gone. You'll get that later. When you feel like you were an accident, remember, according to Jeremiah 1.5, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew who you were. When you feel like God has forgotten about you, remember, God said in Isaiah 49.16, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. When you question your purpose, remember that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do according to Ephesians 2.10. When you feel exhausted, some of you came in here feeling that way today. Jesus said in Matthew 11.28, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. When things get crazy, you get overwhelmed. Remember these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace because in the world you will have trouble but be of good cheer because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. When you feel hopeless and too far gone, remember Isaiah 59, 1, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. When you question if you're good enough or pretty enough or whatever enough, Psalm 139, 14, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. When you feel like your situation is beyond repair, remember Jeremiah 32, 27, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? When you feel like your future has been compromised by bad decisions or circumstances, remember Ephesians 3, 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. 
and maybe your life has not gone as planned, welcome to the club. But that does not change the fact that you are loved and you are valued and God has an incredible plan for your life. And the breath in your lungs and the heartbeat in your chest is a reminder that God is not finished with your story and it's your story. Not to be compared with anybody else's story. Because God loves you. You know, the ingredients in lemonade, they are pretty simple. I remember going to a restaurant with my grandfather a long time ago. And the lady asked us what we wanted to drink. My grandfather said, I would like a glass of ice water, a couple of slices of lemon, and some sugar. And she said, so you want a lemonade? He said, no, ma'am, I want a glass of ice water, a couple slices of lemon, and some sugar. She was like, well, sir, that's a lemonade. He said, that's cool, but I want a free glass of ice water, a couple slices of free lemons, and a couple free packets of sugar. The ingredients in lemonade are simple, but the portions and how they're mixed make it good. My grandfather let me taste his lemonade. It wasn't good. Seeing the goodness of God and finding joy even in the midst of our sour seasons is possible when God is involved in the process. Which the thing you need to understand is you may be involved in somebody else's process and introducing God to somebody else. That's our takeaway for today. You know somebody that needs the goodness of God and they need to be aware of it. And you have an opportunity to help them to see that. One simple way to do that is you can share today's service if you haven't already done so. They may need to hear some of the songs that Pastor Sean and our incredible worship team led us in this morning. They may need to hear God's word spoken of over them in a way that maybe they haven't experienced that comes from our E and our ABCs of discipleship. Enthusiastically share your faith. Here's the thing I found in my own life when things are sour, God will sometimes use me to speak into somebody else's life. And somehow that adds an ingredient into my life to sweeten it up in a way that only God can do that. God is good even when things are not. Gratitude changes everything. And goodness follows those that let God lead. We pray for you this morning. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here for us to be in your presence. God, I thank you for your word God, in the midst of our situations, God, for some today, even this year, this season of life is amazing. And for some, it's sour. God, you're working in the mix. Help us to see you. Help us to trust you, God. Help us to remember what you've already done from a place of, of gratitude that we can press on. We can share that with other people, God. And to understand, God, if we will continue to let you lead, your goodness and mercy will continue to follow after us. God, I pray for every situation. God, I pray for every heart this morning that may be hurting. God, that you can minister to them in a capacity that only you're able. God, whether it be peace or strength or grace or forgiveness or courage or comfort. God, you're the God of all of those things and more. And we thank you for your goodness in our life. God, there's plenty of times I don't acknowledge it and I don't acknowledge you. Forgive me for that. God, help me to trust you. Help me to point other people to you. Help me to 
recognize, Lord God, that the amazing things that happen, they're not coincidence. They're not because I'm good. They're because you're good. I pray blessings over my friends, our brothers and sisters today. We can see your goodness, even if we're in a sour season. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.